0: Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin, whether you're joining us over the live stream or here in person. We are a spiritual community dedicated to a free and responsible search for truth, meaning, and beauty. I'm Chris Jimerson, acting senior minister at the church, and again, I welcome all of you this morning. I especially want to welcome our visitors. If you're with us online and you have the ability to do so, please say hello in the comments and let us know from where you're watching the service. If you're with us here in person, please feel free to join us for coffee and conversation after the service. We come from a long tradition of seeing a spark of the divine in every person, And it's in that tradition that I invite those of you who are with us online to greet the holy among us in the comments this morning, and those who are here to turn to those
1: around you and greet the holy among us. Please join with me in saying the words we use for the lighting of the chalice. This is the flame we hold in our hearts as we strive for justice for everyone. This is the light... We shine upon systems of oppression until they are no more. This is the warmth that we share with one another as our struggle becomes our salvation. This
0: congregation has discerned a common religious purpose. It guides our ministries, our programs, and our decisions. We put it on our wall, and we say it together every Sunday. Let's do so now. Together, we nourish souls, transform lives, and do justice to build the beloved community.
2: Good morning. I'd like to invite the children to come up to the front. We're going to read a book. We're reading a book today called Tomorrow I'll Be Kind. That's what I thought when I first saw the title too, but it turns out that the people in the story are about to go to sleep. So that's why they're saying tomorrow, right? But all of the things that we talk about in this book, we don't have to wait for tomorrow because we're not about to go to sleep, we hope. So we can all start to do these today. Emily, do you want to come down here so you can see better? So Tomorrow I'll Be Kind by Jessica Hischey. Tomorrow... I'll be helpful when I see someone in need. I won't stand by or hesitate. I'll get up and take the lead. Tomorrow, I'll be patient. Your turn. I'll wait for you. And when I'm stuck, I won't give up. I'll take time to see it through. Tomorrow, I'll be gentle to creatures big and small. Thinking of what others need, I'll show tenderness to all. Sometimes it's harder for me to be patient in the summer when I'm hot. Harder to be gentle, but we're going to work on that. Tomorrow, I'll be honest. To myself, I will be true. And prove that you can trust in me through all I say and do. Tomorrow, I'll be generous and show you how I care. We all have ways of giving back and gifts that we can share. We get to share a lot of those gifts at church, don't we? Tomorrow, I'll be grateful for what you've given me. Appreciating all I have. Your love, especially. Tomorrow, I'll be kind. My heart, my guiding light. The smallest spark of kindness shines through the darkest night. Tomorrow, I'll be all the things I strive to be each day. Helpful, patient, gentle, honest, generous, grateful, and kind. And even when it's difficult, I'll work to find a way. But tonight I'm very sleepy, so now it's time to rest. I'll dream of all the good that comes when we all just try our best.
1: So finally, the reading is from Dare to Lead, Brave Work, Tough Conversations, Whole Hearts by Brene Brown. The reason we roll our eyes when people start talking about values is that everyone talks a big game, but very few people actually practice one. Living into our values means that we do more than profess our values. We practice them. We walk our talk. We are clear about what we believe and hold important, and we take care that our intentions, words, thoughts, and behaviors Align with those beliefs. This is
0: the time in our service where we center ourselves together, we breathe together. Some meditate, some pray some speak to the divine as they understand the divine some folks simply follow their breath to a deeper place inside a place of greater wisdom a place where that which matters most to us our deepest values reside the place where that spark of the divine within each of us dwells. And Breathing together, we enter into a time of sacred silence together, remembering that in this congregation, that silence includes the sounds of small children and human sounds. Breathing in, breathing out, Let us enter into that time of sacred silence together.
1: I invite you now to light
0: candles of sorrow, joy, hope, remembrance. Here's a little not-so-long-ago church history for you. In 2010, First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin was coming out of a challenging time. Some of you were here then and will remember all of this, so feel free to correct me after the service if I get anything wrong. At the end of 2008, the congregation had held a vote to dismiss the then-senior minister. The vote was fairly close. There was controversy. There were folks who felt very hurt. By 2010, the church was engaged in the second year of an interim ministry, and it also brought in additional outside assistance, which helped bring about much healing and set the church on a course toward restructuring and renewal. One of the folks the church brought in to help was Dr. Peter Steinke, who sadly died a couple of years ago. Your current board of trustees is reading and discussing a book that Dr. Steinke wrote. One of the things he helped the church to understand was that the congregation had no clear sense of mission at that time. We had a mission statement but it was from many years before and was very long and super detailed and pretty much wordsmith into abstruseness. I like that word, abstruseness. I had to look it up. I didn't know it. Anyway, additionally, it had apparently been added to the top of a legal document and promptly placed in a file drawer never to see the light of day again. Well, the church then brought in our friends from Unity Consulting of Unity Church Unitarian St. Paul, Minnesota to help the congregation discern our mission. Unity Consulting still works with our board on good planning and governance practices even these days. Back then... One of the things they helped us to understand is that for a mission to have profound meaning for us, it had to arise out of our most deeply held religious values. So the first step in discovering our mission was to look deep within for those deepest values. The mission the church eventually identified has since been revised slightly to become our current mission. I'll get into the story of how that came to be next Sunday. Today, though, we'll spend some time on those values that we found within ourselves back in 2010 because they remain this church's expressed religious values today. We read them together in our call to worship earlier. Unity Consulting defines values as those timeless, transcendent, foundational qualities of our religious community we will carry forward with us into our future. Dr. Brené Brown, who we heard from in our reading just a moment ago, writes, A value is a way of being or believing that we hold most important. Either of those definitions works great. But I don't think we talk about our values in the church enough. In fact, I looked back and the last time we talked about them during worship was back in late 2015 and early 2016. And we need to talk about them. Because as both Unity Consulting and Dr. Brown point out, our best decisions happen when we ask ourselves What do our deepest values tell us about this? So, how did those value statements we read together come to be? Well, funny you should ask because I'm going to tell you. During the church's process in 2010, Unity Consulting helped us facilitate an exercise they called the Experience of the Holy We held sessions wherein we put folks from the congregation in pairs and asked each of them to tell the other one about a time they had experienced the holy. Unity Consulting described such experiences like this. I invite you to reflect on an experience of the holy in your life, a time when you felt connected to something larger than yourself, A time when you felt your heart and mind expand. As a spiritual practice, try asking yourself this sometime. As the exercise of doing so here in the church turned out to be very, very powerful. People were often moved to tears during it. The individual stories of what prompted people's experience of the holy varied widely. Some people spoke of it happening right here in church. Some spoke of their first time holding a newborn child. Other people spoke of quiet time surrounded by the beauty of nature or being moved into the experience through listening to music, viewing a wonderful piece of art. Still others told of experiencing the holy during the simple Are the seemingly mundane, just working in their garden in the early morning sunlight? One war veteran told of holding a dying buddy in their arms, of being the last person who would hold and comfort their friend. Well, folks were then asked to talk about what values arose for them through these stories. There was then an iterative process by which the pairs were grouped with one another and the values list eventually whittled down to about three and then recorded. The board of the time then took all that information on the values from all of those sessions that were held in the church and found what similar themes came up repeatedly. Eventually, they presented the value statements to the congregation, which heartily affirmed them. And here we are still guided by those same religious values 12 years later. Good job, Congregation 20,010. I want to spend just a few moments going over each of them just a little more thoroughly. Transcendence, to connect with wonder and awe of the unity of life. This was the single most common set of concepts that came up by far. It's also a value that shows up in our larger Unitarian Universalist faith, which names six sources from which we draw that faith. The very first of those sources is stated like this, direct Experience of that transcending mystery and wonder affirmed in all culture, which moves us to a renewal of the spirit and an openness to the forces which create and uphold life. And science has begun to verify that these experiences can indeed renew our spirits and connect us with a sense of compassion and belonging that does uphold life. Community, to connect with joy, sorrow, and service with those whose lives we touch. What a beautiful value! And one that is at the core of why church exists in the first place. I think we have to be careful, though, to avoid thinking about community in a kind of greeting card slogan way. To maintain the deep connection required to build true community, we have to be willing to be vulnerable. We have to realize that we will disagree sometimes. We will make mistakes and let one another down sometimes. That's why this church has a covenant of right relations, a set of promises we make to one another that can help us keep our community alive, connected, and thriving. You can find the covenant at austinuu.org. We'll talk about it more in the future. And in this church, we have also been so fortunate, as we are now, to have a group of non-anxious leaders who can help us maintain the bonds of community as we move through times of transition. Compassion. To treat ourselves and others with love. Author Tim O'Brien tells of his patrol being attacked one night during the Vietnam War. In a flash of sudden bright light, he saw that one of his buddies, a friend he had known since their school days, had been hit. He ran to him, but there was nothing that could be done. He didn't want to leave his friend's body there, so he picked his friend up and began carrying him toward their camp. That's when he saw the North Vietnamese soldier staring straight at him, rifle raised and pointed toward him. They locked eyes. He realized that holding his friend's body as he was, he was vulnerable and might not be able to grab his own weapon in time. He wondered if he was to be the next to die. And then the North Vietnamese soldier looked down and saw that O'Brien was holding his friend's blood-soaked body in his arms. The North Vietnamese soldier looked him in the eyes again, but there was something different in the stare. They began backing slowly away from each other. The North Vietnamese soldier's rifle still pointed directly at O'Brien until they disappeared to one another. In the darkness of the night. In that moment, two enemy combatants recognized their shared fragility. For one brief moment, a battle was halted through embracing shared vulnerability, shared humanity, shared interconnectedness. These, these are the roots of empathy and empathy acted upon Becomes compassion. Courage. To live lives of honesty, vulnerability, and beauty. I love the way we define courage in this statement. Because to live that way really does require courage. It requires us not to put up the barriers. Not to numb ourselves out with substances or shopping, or any of the many other ways we find not to feel. It requires us to open ourselves and live wholeheartedly, speak our truths, pursue what is beautiful to us, even at the risk of criticism or scorn from others. And as a church, it requires us to live out our values and our mission even when it is hard and even when it is risky, such as when we offered sanctuary to immigrants who came to live on our church campus, like when our own Peggy Martin got herself arrested for refusing to be ignored or silenced about the rights of our friends who were in immigration sanctuary at that time. That's courage courage we will need again now when we must and will speak out and take action for reproductive justice. I count myself fortunate indeed to serve as minister for a courageous congregation. Transformation to pursue the growth that changes our lives and heals Our world. All of the other values kind of lead to this one, don't they? And this one is explicitly stated in our mission when we say that together we transform lives. And I truly believe this church and our faith can be transformative. It was certainly transformative for me. When I walk through those glass doors into the foyer just outside of our sanctuary here 16 years ago now at my spouse Wayne's insistence because I didn't know what Unitarian Universalism was and I didn't want to go to church. <laughs> I walk through those doors having pretty much left all organized religion far, far behind. Little did I know that I would end up entering the UU ministry within a few years. I found my purpose. I found my people. I found a deep-rooted spirituality and any number of causes that matter deeply to me. My personal friends all around the country are now either Unitarian Universalists or folks who should be. And though, of course, not everyone becomes a minister, this story of transformation through our faith has happened over and over and over again. I hope it's happening for you. Having a community of faith is so helpful because we rarely achieve transformation all by ourselves. Though we may go by ourselves into the wilderness for a while, the paradox is, as Dr. Brown points out, that that time in the wilderness is intended to reconnect us with others and our world even more profoundly than before. So we need community to transform ourselves, and we most certainly need it to transform Our world. I'll close by sharing. Brene Brown's steps. For living into our values. Step one. She says is. We can't live into values. That we can't name. That makes sense. To live them out. We have to be able to articulate them. That's part of why we're reviewing them today. And we will be listing our values, mission, and ends in your order of service from today on. We'll talk more about what our ends are next week. Dr. Brown says that step two is taking values from BS to behavior. In other words, we have to walk our talk. It can be very helpful, I think, to think about what behaviors would be consistent with our values. So, for instance, for courage, that might be something like, I will speak out when I witness racism or when I witness anti-trans behavior, even when it's hard, even when I might get criticized or even ostracized. For compassion, that might look like, I will be compassionate to myself. By scheduling several times each day for rest and relaxation, or for a spiritual practice, or for just doing something that I enjoy and that is fun. We've given you these sheets to take with you. Under each of our values on the sheet, I encourage you to take some time later to list several behaviors that would be consistent with that value. Well, finally, Dr. Brown's step three for living our values is that we need empathy and compassion. To hold our values in challenging times, we need empathetic folks in our lives who understand and hopefully even share those values. Folks who will both support us in living our values and hold us accountable to them. Sounds like we might find that right here in this religious community. Now, in addition to such empathy from others, Dr. Brown also says we need self-compassion. She urges us to treat ourselves to time for relaxation and sleep, to eat well, exercise Find connection and belonging. Make room for fun, joy, and spirituality. That all sounds pretty good to me. So let us live our values, my beloveds. It's how that spark of the divine within us glows and grows. It is how our inner light shines most Brightly.
1: Join me in saying the words for extinguishing the chalice. We extinguish this flame, but not the light of truth, the warmth of community, or the fire of commitment. These we hold in our hearts until we are together again.
0: Transcendence, community, community. Compassion, courage, transformation. May these flourish in your soul so that your life and light shine brightly into a world that needs you. May the congregation say amen Amen. and blessed blessed be. Go in peace.